Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. You know what's wrong with health and fitness? You weaponize it against yourself. Why didn't you go to the gym today? You're so lazy. Ah, why did you eat that? You have no self-control. Stop it. At Beachbody, we think training and caring for your body in a way that works best for you should be about loving yourself. Let us help you without all the judgment. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Space News Pod. This is a daily podcast about space, science, and tech. I hope all of you are having a great day. And uh, NASA actually just found a Star Trek symbol on the surface of Mars. Now, it's not an actual Star Trek symbol. Mind you, it's a, it's a formation in rocks, and it is possible that it's caused by aliens. No, I'm just joking. There's no aliens on Mars. Not that could make this symbol. We don't know if there's actual bacteria or anything like that on Mars yet. So um, it is the Starfleet logo. It looks like the Starfleet logo. So, <laughs> and it's not made by aliens. I just want you to know that. Coming straight out there. Just telling you, hey, man, there is no alien on Mars carving little Starfleet logos in the dirt. Um, so NASA JPL tweeted, dunes, lava, and wind are responsible for this curious shape on Mars. And here's a link. Here, hold on. Let me send you this link real quick to the actual picture because it's kind of cool. Check this out. Oh, hey, man. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to do a, a call a little bit later. I'm going to do calls a little bit later. So if you can hang on for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up on you. Let me disable it right quick. There we go. Sorry about that. Yo, thanks for that likes, man. I appreciate it. So there's the link. There you go. And that is the uh, that's the Star Trek logo on Mars. It's not the actual Star Trek logo, of course, but it's from the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. And you can download this thing at a 2880 by 1800 pixel size. Um, if you go, actually, let me send you the actual page to it. There we go. There's the actual page to the uh, JPL uh, picture. So you can download 
a high res photo, a TIFF or, you know, there's a five meg TIFF and a 1.6 meg JPEG. And you can see, like, that's really, that's super cool. That's super cool. So anyway, hey, thanks for that follow. I appreciate it. So I'm kind of, I'm new to this platform. I'm new to Livecast. This is my fourth Livecast so far. Uh, I do a daily podcast called the Space News Pod on every podcast platform. I'm doing this live. I just kind of like, I like the live format. And I think it's really fun to hang out and talk with you guys about fun stuff. So there we go. That was the fun, cool thing. Uh, that I saw today in the news. It was on. Uh, I found that on Twitter. Yeah, I think I found that on Twitter. So if you're interested in space stuff on Twitter, just use the uh, use the hashtag space or science and you'll see a lot of cool stuff. Now, let's see what else we can come up with today. I'm so I am like. I'm just kind of figuring stuff out as we go today um i'm also i've so this is a this is kind of a side note um in the fall of this year i will be going no matter what i will be going to a spacex rocket launch the rocket launch that will be sending astronauts from uh the u.s in a u.s rocket to the international space station I will be I will be going to that. So I set up a GoFundMe and I'm like doing all sorts of stuff like that. And I'll share that link later. But I really haven't set it up, set it up. You know, nothing quite, nothing quite uh, official yet. So I just wanted to mention that real quick. Uh, but this is my job now. This is my job. This is how I make money. I do my podcast every single day. So I make enough money to survive. Basically enough money to survive. Uh, let's look up some other cool space stuff that's going on. Actually, you know what? I saw this really, really cool thing today. Where was it? There we go. So... Here's a question for you. If you were hypothetically wearing a spacesuit and sitting on one of the Voyager space probes at their current positions in space, how much light would you have? This is from Cornell University. Hey, Naomi, how you doing? Thanks for that follow. Appreciate it. So... If you were on one of the uh, Voyager spacecrafts, how much light would you have, basically? So Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 are about 22 billion kilometers away from the sun, which is 13 billion miles. So we can't even comprehend that much. 13 billion miles is such an abstractly huge number that humans, like we drive 60 miles, right? So we know uh, it takes about an hour. You drive two hours, you go about 120 miles, et cetera, et cetera, as long as you're going 60 miles per hour. But if 
13 billion miles away, how far is that? And, you know, how much sunlight would you get compared to the sun on Earth? So it, the light decreases in proportion to the square of the distance from the light source. That means that the light, sor light source viewed from a distance three meters away will be uh, three squared, so nine times fainter than it were viewed from the distance of one meter away. Um, so apparently, so this is all Cornell. Like this is way above my pay grade. This is like in the upper echelon of, <laughs> of my brain, right? So I am, I'm like, I'm like pulling a straws here. Is this going to work? A unit for quantifying the brightness of light as seen by the human eye is the lux. The brightness of a sunny day is about 10,000 lux, while twilight is about 10 lux. A dark night with a full moon is about 0.1 lux, while a dark night with only starlight is about 0.001 lux. So a full moon, 0.1 lux. Got to remember that. The brightness of the sun at the Voyager 1 and 2 space probes is about 6 lux and 9 lux. So around twilight, right? So it's around the the brightness of twilight. So that's not too dark. I would assume if they're that far away, 13 billion miles away, that it would be much darker than that. But apparently not. Hmm, interesting. Very cool. Thank you, Lily, for those stars, by the way. I don't know when that happened. There's no like um there's no real like pop-ups for me to see when people give stars. I don't know when you did that either. Oh, that must have been before, maybe? I don't know. It doesn't say. <laughs> it just shows eleven stars by your name. So, but thank you for that. Uh we're up to Let's see. Okay, so so that's about so twilight is about what you would see. It would be about that bright. The sun would be about that bright, about twilight, if you're on one of the Voyager spacecrafts. It's a little bit darker than that. So twilight is 10 lux, and Voyager 1 is 6 lux. So that's the furthest one out. So let's see. Voyager 1. Let's see how far away Voyager 1 is. Distance from Earth. Voyager 1 is... Let's see. I think we did this one last night, too. Distance from Earth, 13 billion miles away. 13 billion miles away. That's what Voyager 1 is at. From Earth. So 13 billion miles away from Earth. It looks like... The sun looks like twilight. Oh, cool. Okay. That's really neat. Now, I love to, to learn this kind of stuff as I'm going. So... I love the astronomy aspect of things because it just blows my mind. You know, even a trip to the moon, you know, it takes a while to get to the moon. Let's find out how far it is for a rocket. Like how long did Apollo 11 take to get to the moon? Four days. It took four days to get to the moon for Apollo 11. So the moon, they found something buried on the moon. Uh-oh. What is this? 
Is this what is this a tabloid? Quadrillion pounds. Oh, you know what? I saw something about something on the moon today, and I didn't follow up on it. It was this morning. Uh, let's see here. It's under a crater. Quadrillion pound X quadrillion pounds. Holy crap. That's huge. Okay, let's see if I can find it here. Well, they also found the uh, the NASA or NASA found the uh, Star Trek symbol on the Mars planet there. Uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can get some sources here. Oops. Sorry about the keyboard. I got a gaming keyboard, so it's super loud. It's really nice to type on, though. Very nice to type on. Uh, let's see here. Do you know what it was called? So how much... Also, let's see. How much... Uh, let's see. Where is this at? Sorry, I'm just... I'm kind of just... Uh, jumping around here, seeing if I can find this thing about the moon. Oh, wow. So Jim Bridenstine actually came upon this, uh, who is the administrator of NASA, said, we want access to every part of the moon at any time. Holy cow. That makes sense, though, if you think about it. You know, if you want to make a living, thriving... Oh, that's the CNN. Okay. Cool. I'll check it out. There's a huge mass embedded in the center of the moon, and astronomers aren't sure what it is. Holy cow. Interesting. First humanity's first land. Oh, whoa, that's crazy. It's a mass is 4.8 quintillion pounds. <laughs> wow. That's huge. Metal five times larger. Metal five times larger than the big island of Hawaii and burying it underground. Roughly, so I'm assuming if it's that big, it's either from what I know, it's either something collided with the moon a really long time ago, really, really long time ago, billions of years ago, and you know, the moon basically like formed over it, you know, because it was molten at some point, or it's a remnant from when it was part of the earth. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not 100% sure. Astronomers don't really know. So I am not an astronomer. So I have no idea what that is, but that's what I'm assuming. That's really cool, though. Thank you for that. Could be metal embedded in the moon's mantle from the asteroid impact that caused the crater some estimated 4 billion years ago. Okay, there we go. If that's true, it could be a, a time machine and a gold mine for scientists studying the history of the universe. All of that metal and basically the entire area surrounding the mass in the crater could tell them a lot about how the asteroid impact happened and what the solar system was like when it did. That's really cool. Oh, it's on the far side of the moon, too. So that's even harder to get to. What are your thoughts about Chernobyl, the, sh the show? Oh, thanks for those likes, too. 
NASA is loving it. I'm sure they're loving it. I'm sure astronomers around the planet are freaking out about it too. I'm sure there's planetary scientists that are loving the fact that there's new stuff on the moon. And this also adds to like the fuel to get people to the moon because we're going back to the moon in 2024, according to NASA. The first woman will set foot on the moon and the next man will set foot on the moon as well. If it all goes well, that is if the administration keeps up with what they're doing and we have the budget and we have the know-how, you know, if basically it comes down to politics, if people are like, okay, or if the politicians are like, okay, we really do want to send people back to the moon. Here's the money to go do it. And then, you know, if another person gets into office, the president, another sitting, uh, uh, administrator says, okay, uh, we don't want to go to the moon anymore. Let's change focus. Let's go to Mars because we've already been to the moon. And this has happened so many times. They do want a human presence on the moon. They want a permanent. They want have structures there. I haven't seen Chernobyl the show. I haven't. I do plan on catching up with it. Probably going to start it tonight. I actually... Um, I actually started the Orville last night and I'm not sure if you guys have seen that yet. I will check it out tonight. Then I'll check it out tonight for sure. I've ch- I started watching the Orville last night. And if you're a fan of star Trek or any sort of space shows, the Orville is like the funny star Trek. It's like if you and your buddies were on a star Trek ship and you're, you're like joking around with each other. It's super funny. Uh, it is not like, it's not potty humor or anything like that. Some of it's kind of, you know, uh, Orville, O-R-V-I-L-L-E, I think. The Orville, yep. I saw it on Hulu, I believe. Yeah, I saw it on Hulu. O-R-V-I-L-L-E. Zuma, I will get back to you on Chernobyl stuff because I'm going to start watching it tonight. But it seems pretty cool. From what I've seen, it seems like you got to, it's one of those shows that you're just going to start binge watching and you're not going to stop. But the Orville I've seen a, a couple episodes, three episodes, I think so far, but it's super funny, man. Just like the stuff that they do in the background. You'll notice a bunch of Easter eggs in the background, uh, you know, like, <laughs> and this is me being, you know, like just being a, a normal person and being goofy is that there's a scene where they have like a teleconference with somebody or like they have a, they have a meeting with somebody. And in the background, the uh, <laughs> two dogs are humping, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like, come on, man. <laughs> That's it's so stupid and absurd that I loved it. And it was funny. And then they mentioned it. <laughs> the guy was like, oh, did you see those dogs hopping in the background? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is the perfect show for me. The most well-filmed serial about the worldwide problem. Oh, cool. I will check it out. 
Oh, the Orville isn't. Check out. Um, hmm. Fox. Fox.com slash the Orville. Here's what I got. This is my first. My first hit for that. I don't know if you can watch season one, though. No, you can only watch season two, but I'm pretty sure season two is probably just as good as season one. Oh, yeah, it probably does. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of weird. You know, I some of my friends are from Canada and they'll send me clips on YouTube and they'll have like, oh, this isn't available in your region. I'm like, like, this doesn't make any sense. Freaking copyright stuff, stuff, stuff. Uh, I think you can start watching season two. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if you really want to watch season two before season one, but you'll get the gist of it after an episode of how goofy it is. Cause I like goofy humor and you know, I grew up on, yeah, I can give you the gist. Um, so this moon thing, that's pretty crazy. 4.8 quintillion pounds. I really hope they figure out what it is. I'm sure it'll take some time to figure out what it is, but um, it'll it'll be pretty cool to see exactly what that thing is on the moon. And then maybe, just maybe, with our human presence on the moon, we'll start mining. Have you checked out MagellanTV.com yet? It's really cool. There's a lot of really awesome space documentaries on there. If you go to MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod, you can get two months for free. And there are a lot of HD amazing docs about the solar system, um, black holes. Actually, you know, I am watching this thing called Birth of a Black Hole. It is terrifying. So if you get terrified by space like I do, go check it out. And you get two months for free. You can watch it on anything, anywhere, anytime. So your TV, your laptop, your computer, your phone, your tablet, anything. And it's on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple Play, Google Play, iOS. And if you go to MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod, you can get two months for free. And maybe we'll figure it out. I don't know how deep it is in the in the uh, under the surface of it. So Jim Bridenstine, the uh, NASA administrator, had an interview with Politico. And he said, uh, when asked from Jacqueline Felcher said, uh, we've been to the moon. Why should Americans get excited about going back? So Jim said, uh, scientific value. First, there's a scientific value. We know more about the moon today than we did in the 60s and 70s. For example, back then, we thought the moon was bone dry. We learned in 2009 that there's hundreds of millions of tons of water ice at the south pole of the moon. Water ice represents water to drink. It also is hydrogen and oxygen, which equals rocket fuel. It's the same rocket fuel that powered the space shuttles. It's the same rocket fuel that will power the rocket that will take us to the moon to begin with. So if we can get that ice, make it into shuttle fuel, 
we can use the moon as sort of like a waypoint before we go to Mars or before we go off someplace else. So we could do huge manufacturing on the moon because there's no atmosphere, right? So we're not going to ruin the atmosphere of the moon. We could do manufacturing of spacecraft and, you know, of habitats on the moon. And it kind of sucks because you think about, okay, so we're already ruining this planet. We're already throwing away tons and tons of crap every day. And if we move manufacturing to the moon for these space kind of things, you know, for spacecrafts and docking stations, things like that, giant manufacturing, then, and this is, you know, hypothetically in the large, large swaths of time away, <laughs> no atmosphere, no issues, right? Not my atmosphere, not my problem. But, you know, what's going to happen to the moon? It'll turn into a, a place where people build things. Um, and that's, I think what Jim is talking about is that, okay, if, if we get to the moon, we know what we're getting into now, because before, like you said, we just thought it was a desert. It was just a dry place, big chunk of rock. And that was it. But now we know that it's geologically active. It has things going on. There's ice there. We can get the ice, turn into water, turn into rocket fuel. If we get the water from the ice, purify it, our astronauts have something to drink to stay hydrated, which is the most important thing that a human can do, right? Food, water, shelter. Those are the things, right? In companionship, of course. But food, water, shelter, the three basic things to live. We can build shelters, food, we could probably grow it up there. I mean, we've been growing food on the space station for a while. So there's not going to be a problem with growing food on the moon, um, as far as I can tell. But also the space station is, you know, it's a, uh, it's a controlled environment. The moon isn't a controlled environment. The moon has dust, has all sorts of stuff. So we'd have to build a science lab, basically, and build basically like a... <laughs> Well, it's as weird as it sounds, a moon garden, and then we'll have food for people to eat when we're up there. And then they can take the water from this ice, they can make it into, uh, you know, drinkable water, potable water, and rocket fuel. So there you go. We have a sustainable base on the moon. Why <laughs> Why should we be concerned about it if it's not mine? Yeah, that's that's part of it, you know. Um, does the moon got some other inhabitants besides humans that will get there ASAP? Other inhabitants besides humans, you know. I was thinking about this for a second uh, a couple nights ago. So, what if we moved all of our um, food production to vegetarian, you know, like to uh, plant based? So we have Beyond Burger, we have incredible meats, you know, things like that. What if we moved all of our protein-based food to plant food, you know, like plant-based food? And then, okay, so we can have a burger on Mars. And it's not going to be, we don't need a cow for that. I don't think there's other inhabitants on the moon. Not yet. There may be. I mean, we don't really know. We haven't really dug into the moon very far. 
Once we get people up there, we'll actually have the tools up there to do some real digging and real science more than we did before. But we really didn't think about like, okay, so how deep can we go? What about in this water ice? So basically anywhere you find water on earth, you'll find life. So there's water on the moon. There's water on the Mars on Mars too, but it's, you know, it's water ice. But what if the conditions were right at some point to create a couple bacteria here and there? And what if those bacteria, you know, evolved into something that was sustainable on the low gravity surface of the moon? How crazy would that be if we get up there and we find some, uh, some bacteria floating around in this ice, in this water ice? Yeah. And then you eat it right? <laughs> Maybe all that frozen water is just pure vodka. Oh, man. Astronauts would be super happy at that point. So that's another thing, too. You know, what are the physical effects of food that you're eating in low gravity, zero gravity? Some bacteria may remain from an asteroid as well. Yeah. How did, you know, how did life on Earth start? Was it due to evolution? You know, there's religions that say, okay, that, you know, things were made just by a special being, okay, higher up being. But what if an asteroid smashed into Earth, had some bacteria on it, and created humanity? It's a possibility. We have no idea. We have no idea about that. So, that's another thing to think about. What if an asteroid smashed that thing, remember, under the under the crust of the moon? The, what is it, 19 quadrillion quintillion, 4.8 quintillion pounds under the South Pole, Aitken Basin? What if that was an asteroid that smashed into the moon and had some bacteria on it? Hmm. Imagine that. <laughs> no conspiracy theories here, right? Think about, think, just think about it for a second. These are the kind of things that I that go through my head every single day. It's like, holy crap, we don't know anything. We didn't know anything about anything. Literally. You remember when we just went to Pluto a little while ago, we sent a, a spacecraft to Pluto. And before we sent that craft to Pluto, We thought Pluto was just like a gray blob. So we thought, you know, before we sent New Horizons to Pluto, that it was just like this gray, rocky, bleh, you know, nothing. It was nothing. But we got out there. And we realized that it's really cool looking. Hold on, let me find a picture for you. If you haven't seen one yet. There you go. We don't we don't know anything about the ocean. You know, it's so vast. It takes up so much space on Earth. And we're just humans. We can't swim. You know, not down deep enough. We have to have submarines. We have to have ships. That'll take us down deep to see all these weird things that 
were like, okay, the aliens actually live in the ocean. The, everything that we thought was alien that would be coming from off world is actually on our world already. So holy crap, we're living with aliens <laughs> on the earth. They're just in the ocean. We're just on the land. So there's a little bit of, little bit of distance there, but possibly, you know, they're already here. If they get about an octopus, how crazy is that thing? Octopus are freaking insane. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. And, you know, like a seahorse. Think about a seahorse. Like how silly does a seahorse look? <laughs> are those things, you know, the, they're the real aliens, if you think about it. Maybe we're the weird ones. Hey, Naomi. Maybe we're the weird ones. The ocean are normal. And we're, they're just like, hey, what is all this stuff going on above us on this on this planet, you know, on these continents up there? They're cool. Whales, fish swimming around. We're the weird ones. We're on the freaking, we're on the, on the rocks and on the grass. They're normal. We just happen to have technology and science to uh, go check them out. Because they can't come up here, you know, so they can't really say, okay, let's go to, let's just like pop up in New York City today and see what the, what the wildlife's doing. Nope, not so much. They, they have to, you know, they have to evolve to a point where they can uh, make technology. So that's where we're at with the quote aliens in the ocean. My friend just sent me a text. And uh, she's running on a hiking trail right now. And she sent me a picture of a private property. Do not enter or private property beyond this point sign and said, should I go past it? <laughs> I said, no, you'll get in trouble. <laughs> so if you think about that, though, trespassing into the ocean, we're trespassing into the ocean. Every time we go down with. Um, with one of our submarines. We trespass into this world that isn't ours. We go into the ocean and we think about, you know, studying these, these things, these creatures that are remarkable and absolutely crazy to think about. Squids, octopus, giant whales, swim with the dolphins. You know, there's... There's vacations. My niece took a vacation to swim with the dolphins. They're buddies. Like, they're buddies now. They they hang out together, you know? You take a, a boat out into the ocean, and you pay your money to go out in the ocean. And some some guy told her, okay, if you jump in here, dolphins will swim up to you. All you have to do is pet them. That sounds kind of crazy to me. You know, if you think about like that blows my mind that that's actually a thing that we can interact with another like that's not just another species. That's like a whole other planet down there. That's like a whole other existence that we have no idea what's going on. Thank you for those likes. I appreciate all the likes, guys. I appreciate all the stars, too. I appreciate all you guys hanging out. I have a regular podcast that isn't a uh 
a rambling one like this one, though I love these ones. I love the live format. This is great, by the way. Um, if you go to any podcast platform and search for Space News Pod, this, whatever platform you're on, I do, it's like a 10-minute thing every day. 10-minute podcast, get the latest space stuff as soon as it comes available. Like the moon one? I think that's pretty cool, man. Maybe I'll do the podcast about that today. What did they find under there? You know, it's not it's not going to be a very long one because there's not much information yet, but it could be part of it. So if you check that out on any podcast platform, there you go. Thank you if you uh, follow on other platforms. And that's where, literally, that's where I make my money. That's where I, this is my job. So those other platforms, uh, that's where I make my money to keep doing this and i am planning a trip to a spacex launch when they launch the next humans to the iss from uh united states soil you need a boyfriend holy cow well this is the wrong podcast for that because i mean if you want an alien boyfriend maybe Maybe there is one on the moon. I don't know. Come here, Scrappy. This is this is my dog. You can't really hear her, but she's over here whining at me. She's like, hey, buddy, what's up? Like, There's stuff going on downstairs. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, you little weirdo. She's a little chihuahua. She's a little fat chihuahua. All right. Get out of here. I can't play with you right now. So anyway, um, I'm I'm like, I've been doing this podcast for about, since it last year, like not this one, not the live one, but the uh, other podcast. And it seems to be working out very well. So I'm going to leverage that and use my quote influence. I'm an influencer, everybody. Yay. Um, to get down to the space coast in Florida and watch some rocket launches. Be like, Hey, I have a podcast. I, I, reached X amount of people, NASA. Let me in. Let me in. I want to go do this cool stuff. So I also, I, yeah, I started a, um, not a Kickstarter. What's the other one there? Go fund me for that. So hopefully that all works out and I will let you guys know about that. If you're interested, here's my Twitter too. You want to go to, well, you'll be able to live vicariously through me if I get to go. Right. So, I'm going to, I have a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash space news pod. Let me just write that out. And that will be, I'm going to start doing live podcasts like the ones that we're doing right now. I'm going to do that on here, but also on my YouTube channel. So you have video of me talking smack about space on my YouTube channel. Not just lots of pictures. I'm going to do live videos. I'm going to do a live video stream. I'm going to do a live podcast with Livecast from the rocket launch. So make sure to follow this channel so you know when I go live during those launches. Also, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be live video if I can get everything together properly. Because you can literally do everything from your phone. So I got I got a phone. And got a microphone so there we go 
I'll take a bunch. I'll take tons of pictures though. Lots and lots of pictures. What I plan on doing is going from New York state. I live in upstate New York, beautiful, beautiful area up in the middle of nowhere, up by the finger lakes kind of. And, um, in the middle of the forest, beautiful dark nights, everything that an astronomer could want. Anybody that's a stargazer could want is right here. Wide open fields, very dark nights. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be traveling from New York state to Florida. I'm going to, you know, drive down. I'm not going to fly because flying is boring and flying is annoying. So I would rather drive my car or a car to uh, Florida from New York. It's a 21 hour trip. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see how long it actually going to take. Uh, let's see. From my area. To Space Coast, Florida. This is just a general. 18 hours and one minute to the Space Coast. I lived in Orlando, man. I was there. I was right there. I'm so, like, not happy that I didn't go to a space, like, uh, to a rocket launch when I was there. So, 18 hours, one minute. I'll be traveling down the East Coast from upstate New York through the middle of Pennsylvania, um, you know, through near Washington, Baltimore area, which is going to suck. That's going to be the worst part because that the belt in Washington is like the worst place to drive ever through Virginia, through North Carolina or through Charlotte, North Carolina, near Charlotte, uh, then South Carolina, Georgia, down into Florida, and then along the East Coast. Oh, that's going to be beautiful, beautiful. Going down the one, the 80 or the 95. Yeah. That's going to be beautiful. I can't wait. I haven't seen the ocean in a very long time. So I'm really excited about this trip. All right. So if you are interested in this kind of stuff, if you want more of this podcast, make sure to follow. Thank you for all the likes today. I appreciate it. Thanks for the stars to anybody who uh, wants to fan out and become a fan. Make sure to fan it up. Uh, but I am going to take off for the day. I'm actually going to go for a hike in the beautiful upstate New York forests, like I was talking about earlier. And I have a couple of garage sales to go to because I want to, I'm going to get a new dresser and I don't want to spend money on a brand new dresser because why would I use a new dresser when the old dresser is totally perfect and I want to reuse something that's already out there? Don't want to put more trash in a trash pile. Thrift stores. Yeah, the other the one thing about our thrift store is that there's a couple of thrift stores around here and they never have furniture. Every once in a while you'll get something, but it's like an entertainment center or something like that, but like a dresser. You know, I'm looking for a dresser in particular. So um, I went, I've been to all of them and they don't have dressers. None of them. I was pretty bummed. I was, I was like, oh yeah, I can get a dresser for like 20 bucks. You know, that would be great. But yeah, it was, uh, it was few and far between, so to speak, with the old, with the old dressers at the Salvation Army and Goodwill and stuff around here. So. 
unfortunately, you're going to have to go look someplace else. So yard sales, garage sales, I'll be looking around for those today. And hopefully I have enough cash on me. Um, I may have to go to the ATM. So yeah, that's a little bit too much information. <laughs> but um, I want to say thank you for everybody checking out the podcast. I have another podcast, which I'm kind of, I don't know what I want to do with it. Because I might turn this into that podcast. My live stuff, I might turn this into the live podcast of the other one. Change the name of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure it out as I go, though. So anyway, I'll let you know about that stuff when it happens. Uh, it's called Wayfair for now, but I might make a different one. So, my friends, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me on the Space News Pod. I'm out of here for now. But my name is Will Walden, and I will see you soon, everybody. Have a great day. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com.